Hey, 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 beautiful humans. It's the Juice Queen here, delivering all those ooey-gooey, drippy topics that will leave you simply drenched in curiosity and connection. So let's vibe over, you know, the juice, shall we? My name is Mila Mandolfo, and my sole mission is to make you feel seen, heard, valued, and validated in such a way that you remember who you truly are. And in that, you're never alone. This is a soft, safe, and sassy place where all of you is welcome. So come on, let's dive in. Hey babies, welcome back to episode two of the travel series. We're going to do another round of Q&A and as promised, I'm going to dive deeper into the solo travel questions this time. Before I start though, I want to share that I finally got um, Apple Music on board, so now you can find me there. And um, what's cool about Apple Music is they have a comment section, and the more comments, the more visibility. So if you want to give me a shout out and resonate with the pod, set, shoot me some comments on there. Shoot me some comments on SoundCloud. Um, you know, my sole mission isn't to like, you know, spread the word far and wide because I know that this is going to land in the laps of the people who need it the most. So that feels good for me. Um, And I feel that all we can do in the world is, you know, speak and live our truth and um, leave a a trail of that that legacy behind. And um, we all have different ways we express ourselves. And written and spoken word happened to be the way I do. So thank you to everyone who shows up in support and... um, inspiring me to keep sharing. Uh, So just sending out some gratitude. All right, let's hop into the first question on solo travel is, what do you do to feel safe? All right, so this is a multifaceted question. Um, First, I'll start by saying that I think the number one way, um, the number one reason that I feel safe, like I genuinely feel fearless in a way, um, is because I trust that I trust myself above all. I trust myself to lead me in the right direction, but that's, you know, that's easier said than done because developing that trust, um, and that, which is basically intuition, um, it takes practice and it takes, it takes patience to develop that. Um, you know, we need to lean into opportunities where we're presented with um, forks in the road and then fault like t- t- tap into what feels right in your system. So it's all this, um, our body, our mind, it's constantly communicating with us and it's telling us this, this would be, you know, more ease filled route. This is probably going to create resistance and you could feel that in your body. So when you have an opportunity and it feels like joyful or you feel relaxed or balanced, calm, your breaths are deeper, then it's likely that, um, that 
choice is something that affirms your highest self. Now, if something feels super overwhelming and super difficult and strenuous, then it could be that you're swimming against the stream and um, you're trying to force something that is just not meant to be. So, unfortunately, as most of us know, um, women are constantly in danger of men. And um, obviously that is a male issue and I hope that with continued awareness that men will lead the way in making the world a safer place for women to exist. But until, until then, um, women have to take extra precaution. And so with that being said, um, I wouldn't recommend a woman with a inexperienced intuition to travel the way that I do. I would recommend that um, I would recommend traveling with someone who is versed in following their gut, who is um, or at least versed in travel and gain that wisdom, gain that experience with a buddy until you feel confident enough to do it on your own. Because you know, I, I shared in the last episode, yes, I did dive right into traveling solo, but I had already been working on my intuition for several years. So this is a safety issue. And so that's why I'm being so firm about it. I, I, I totally, I, if you know me, you know that I am a hundred percent recommending solo travel for all humans. And if you're a woman of any kind, of all kinds, any type of woman, you're at danger. You're, you're at risk. Actually, just being a woman, and I hope when I'm saying woman, you guys know that I mean, like, this is all-inclusive woman. Um, Female-identifying humans, womb-having humans are all at risk <laughs> to the male species. It's a sad, unfortunate truth, but it is reality. And um, we need to take our precautions. So what do I do to feel safe? I leave with a developed awareness system and an intuition system. And um, that's more of a way of life than a travel tip. So um, we can dive into an intuition podcast another time. I would love to share that. And when, I, when I've asked before, what do you guys want to hear? That is something that you've shared. So we'll definitely do that. But let's, let's stick with me here. Um, so let's dissecting, dissecting this question a bit more. In order to stay safe, I, I follow my gut. We, meaning if there's, you know, if it's, if it's nighttime and there's a dark alley, I don't walk down it. Or if there's a group of men... I don't walk by it. Um, if there's, uh, if I get a sketchy feeling about a, a driver of, you know, an Uber driver, or a cab driver, I don't fucking get in the car. Um, what else? Of course, locking your doors at night. In fact, I don't have one, but there's this, um, there is a, I'm in, in that, gr- gr- that girls love travel group that I've mentioned in the last pod. There's this door stopper that they all recommend. It's like $12 on Amazon. And it just like, so you close your door, you put this little door stopper from the inside. And if anyone tries to open your door in the middle of the night, there's huge, like this extremely loud, um, like beep, beep, alarm goes off. And apparently 
scares intruders. And I, I laughed just because that's fucked up that we have to consider it. But um, like tons of recommendations for that. And so I, I would say if you're someone just starting out and like you have those fears, check out getting something like that, for example. Also, let me just pause to say, if you're someone who is operating out of fear, like that's a very um, high emotion you're getting from traveling alone, that's your cue to not necessarily travel alone. Um, now, there's a difference between fear and just, you know, a little bit of anxiety. You know, there's a little, if you're having a little bit of anxiety, anxiety because it's a new experience, okay, word, that's, that's, that's okay. That's, if you can ease your anxieties, but the, deeper, the deepest feeling is that you're safe and you trust the experience, okay, take the trip. But if this is like a crippling fear, then that's your sign that you're not necessarily ready, in my opinion, because our vibration, you know, our emotions are literally vibrations that we put out into a room. You walk into a room where someone just had a fight and you weren't even there, you can still feel the tension, right? So our emotions are a vibration. And if we're in an operating out of fear, it's going to be felt. Now, so that's an, another part of the, the, the answer to this question is when I'm walking down the street, I'm embodied in the opposite of fear, right? Like I'm curious, I'm excited, I'm confident. Um, now, also just me as a human being operates from that type of energy. And so... Um, it's also something to work on, which is, no, I'm not going to look down at the ground if a man's, you know, looking at me. I'm going to make eye contact because it's like, it's like um, silent confrontation in a way. Like, hey, I exist and I'm not too afraid to look away. Um, or just the way we carry ourselves is basically what I'm saying is a vibration in itself. And I really feel like you can walk around with this unfuckable with, is what I like to call it, this unfuckable with energy. And um, people leave you alone. That's all I can say. At least for me, people leave me alone when I'm walking around in this unfuckable with energy. Now, also, I'll share that when I'm in a low mood, like if I'm agitated or frustrated or I'm trying to control my surroundings, um, I radiate a really bad vibe, and from my experience, what I, ex what I attract, what I experience is what I'm attracting. So when I'm open and I'm flowing and I'm in a good mood, I attract a lot of kindness and I attract a lot of serendipity. When I'm pissed off and in a terrible mood, I attract stepping in a puddle, I attract missing the bus, I attract, you know, just shitty interactions. So when I start to notice like when it rains, it pours energy and everything wrong keeps happening. I'm like, wow, I really need to check myself. I need to sit down. I need to, what I've been, what I have been doing this trip, cause it doesn't happen too often, but there's been a few times. <laughs> um, I'll basically realize what the fuck, why am I so flustered? I need to sit down and look around and have some fucking gratitude because I'm in another beautiful country. Like one time I was storming off in the middle of a gorgeous sunset on the beach. And I was like, wait, hold the phone. I sat down. I just gazed into this gorgeous sunset and started to name things that I was grateful for. And of course, just minutes later, my system was regulated. And I was like, dude, let this shit go. Cause it's oftentimes 
we're creating suffering when we're trying to hold on to something that we can't control. And so this whole trust thing that I am referring to, this whole development of the intuition and the trust comes with, and and this is coming from um, a recovering control freak, Um, it comes with practicing and developing the art of letting go. Um, We just simply can't have everything we want and we can't, nothing's going to go exactly the way that we perceived. And it's, it's when we're so trying to control things to go those ways, um, that we suffer. So a quick example of that would be, um, I was on an Island in Greece and I really wanted to get this, this, uh, morning ferry back to the mainland Athens And I had this huge attachment to taking the ferry, I think, at like 11 a.m. so that I could get there at like, I think, 3 or something like that so that I can get check-in to my new place, which was at 3. And I had this whole story about how my night was going to go. Well, because I go with the flow so much, I decided to wait to book my ferry. And then there was no more spots on the fucking ferry. And the only one that they had left was at like... 8 p.m., which means I wouldn't even get to Athens till like midnight, which was like a waste of my Airbnb in a way, which had a sunset porch and this whole fucking thing that I had attached myself to. Well, I was super frustrated and that's when I was having the walk home in the sunset and was just like pissy and like was like, I cannot believe this, you know, happened. Um, I was just so annoyed. And, you know, I stopped and realized, wait, I'm literally missing a sunset on an island. This is one of my last, what the fuck am I doing? And I had to sit down and did the thing that I said. Well, the next morning, still was a little frustrated about it. Um, I, and by the way, I went to like four different tour, tour companies to try to buy a ticket, thinking that one of them would have one on hold or some shit. And they all said no. Well, uh, the next day I woke up, I, um, you know, I went to the beach, I did this little, you know, gratitude list, and I did this journal entry, and I basically sat with, whoa, dude, like, that was silly of me to be so attached to this. Like, I'm just really making this story uh, like way worse than it is. Like, just let it go. I'm just going to enjoy my time. And I reframed it to, well, look, now I have six more hours on this gorgeous fucking island. Like Athens, a city, like what's the problem here? So I reframed it. I accepted it. And then guess what? (laughs) Went to the fucking tour company and found one more ticket that was available, not at 11 AM, but it was like 1 PM and, um, yeah, so I was able to get to the new spot just in time for sunset. So it was a beautiful, <laughs> as soon as I let go is when everything fell in alignment. It was one of those little cute little, uh, lessons from the universe, kind of like a little reminder. It's cause like, I already knew that. And yet sometimes we just needed to be reminded. So following, following trust, which is, okay, there's a reason why the universe wanted me to be here a little longer, you know? And it's true because, um, the evening before had, I had to get up at 11 AM, I wouldn't have met the people that I did that night, which ended up being this beautiful exchange of energy. Um, because I probably would have been like, Oh, I can't go out tonight. I need to sleep in. I need to go to bed early and da da da. So I got to meet these incredible humans and stay up a little later and then take my time leisurely packing in the morning and have a beautiful lunch before my ferry. So it worked out perfectly. So 
the question was, how do you stay safe? And here I am talking about trust. And the, the thing is, it all interrelates because, again, if you can't operate from a place of intuition and trust, then I think that we attract more unsafe situations. So it's the primary, you know, it's the fundamental blocking block here, um, building block of solo travel, in my opinion. So trust your gut and um, use a buddy system. If you, especially if you're a woman, use a buddy system until you feel that that awareness has been developed. Also, I just want to quickly say that people, people seem to think that other countries are more dangerous than America. And I just really want to squash that because, yeah, there are unsafe places around the world, for sure. Definitely not saying there isn't. There's, of course, socio-political uh, socio havoc happening everywhere, and it's unsafe to go into some places um, as a woman, um, as a white person, as a person of color. Like, there's varying degrees of, quote, danger um, in different pockets all over the world. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say is there are just as dangerous, if not more, places in the U.S., to be spooked about. As you know, I'm not someone to operate out of fear, so it is what it is. But um, just as much as you might think that it's scary to, to leave, to go abroad, it's equally safe to go abroad because everyone else is out here living life just like you, just because it's just on a different part of the world. There's this common mis uh, misconception that there's just more danger. And literally, you know, spin a globe and put your finger down and anywhere in the world is going to have people just like you. Literally, just living their lives. So um, maybe it's scary to do something that's new, but it's definitely not any more dangerous than going to an unsafe neighborhood from where you're from. Okay, next question is, do you get lonely traveling solo? And similarly to what I just said, I feel lonely back home just as much as I might anywhere else in the world. Um, you know, I was sharing on my Instagram that sometimes I feel more alone at home because you're surrounded by a bunch of people that you know and love and you know, it just seems, especially with the pandemic, um, there's just been all this isolation and people are less, you know, going out less. And so, I mean, I had, I tried to throw myself a going away party and it completely fizzled out. M one friend came and she's my besties. I was literally staying with her. So we could have just done the whole thing at her house. Um, but what I mean by this is It's not like n people think, may think that not being around people that you know creates loneliness. And I feel that because there's definitely parts along the way that I'm like, I wish so-and-so was here. Oh, so-and-so would love this. 
love this food or this view or this culture and you wish you could just teleport different people that you love to where you're at. I totally understand that. But I will say that solo travel isn't really lonely at all because um, you'll see very quickly that there's many solo travelers constantly all over the world. And so it's almost more inviting. It's more inviting because when you're traveling with friends, those become the people that you speak to, to to the most. But when you're traveling alone, you're inviting others to communicate with you and sit next to you and ask you where you're from and share the experience that you're having. Um, everywhere that I go, someone, or just about everywhere that I go, um, I have the opportunity to connect with someone either s- sitting next to me, like, like the other day I went to a vegan um, restaurant just give me a second. <clears throat> I went to a vegan restaurant. Sitting down next to this guy. Basically, we started talking. Turns out neither of us are vegan, but we had a similar sense of humor, and we just hit it off. And next thing I know, he's asking me if I want to go to this museum with him. And we would go to this museum, and then I'm like, do you want to have a drink at this neighborhood I just found over here? And we spend the entire day together just fucking around, having a blast. And uh, neither of us were from Lisbon. And uh, I think we hung out from like 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. And he's just a great guy. And um, yeah, there's just like little opportunities of connection all over. Um, The other day I was at this speakeasy and uh, the couple sitting next to me just, they're like, are you here solo? And I'm like, yes, I am. And they're like, not anymore. You're with us. And we just had this amazing conversation until they had to go. It was just super lovely. So you're, you're, you're never alone when you're traveling solo. You're, um, you're filled with new friends um, and new opportunities of connection. And that's actually the next question. The next question is, do you make friends along the way? And how do you make friends along the way? And yeah, so that's how is... Um, when you're going places that you enjoy, like, so the vegan place, I am not vegan, but I love eating vegan food. So when I'm going there, I'm meeting people who also like to eat vegan, who might not even be vegan, just like the guy that I met. And, um, also I'm meeting people with the same, like, mindset. So they're into caring for the environment, caring for sentient beings, caring for their health and so forth. So I'm attracting individuals who have similar beliefs as me, which breeds great connection. And same with, you know, when I find a, you know, a yoga studio, I'm finding like-minded individuals there. Or if I'm going to different palaces, okay, here's individuals that took time out of their day to come explore the same thing or art museums or whatever, whatever you're doing while traveling. Um, So it's really cool to connect with people who value the same things as you. And it opens up the door for um, like similar interests and similar conversations and um, even great opportunities to get inspired by people who are like, say you're at a certain museum and then they're like, oh, well, have you been here? Or did you try this one? And, um, we're constantly sharing information. It's like this giant network of solo travelers who 
are sharing with each other, and not necessarily solo, just travelers, just travelers in general, just humans, <laughs> um, are sharing their experiences. And so it becomes this really like deep, deeply woven um, collective experience even. And so honestly, I don't, I don't really ever feel alone when I'm traveling. Um, also, I'm, I'm quite introverted. Um, I spend quite a bit of time alone, even when I'm at my like home, home country. And um, when I'm out and about, it's because I'm making a conscious effort to go out. Um, I, I'll stay in as long as I need to when I'm traveling because I'm not on a mission to see as many things as possible. I'm on a mission to see the things that align with what I need that day. And um, I will put things at the top of the list and work around the list. But I try not to hold myself. um, I try not to, like, shame myself if I can't do all the things. I just want to follow my heart and follow my gut. And, um, I, and, and similarly to the first question, it's like when I follow what's most exciting that day, um, it leads you to experiences where you're meeting the right people and you're, you're doing the right things. Um, and everything feels more aligned instead of pushing yourself to, I really wanted to try this restaurant or this, you know, really wanted to go to this place. And like you create all that you're swimming upstream again. There's that swimming upstream concept is like, we got to surrender and flow with life. You know, if it wants us to go over here, just go over here. And, um, that's why I also like to flow with my travels. I don't really like to book things too much in advance. And I, I, cause you never know like, Hey, I didn't get to um, do all the things I wanted to do. Let me extend my stay another five, six days. And then you're just flowing. Um, so when you're in long-term travel like myself, you have permission to do that. So it's not like you're necessarily, I am a traveler and I am traveling, but I almost see it as like, I'm just living, I'm living in another country for a while, um, countries for me. Um, but it's like, yeah, I, I want to shape my days around new experiences, but I also don't want to put pressure around um, doing those things so much so that I miss out on my personal time, which back home and while traveling, I value slow mornings. Um, That means making myself tea, you know, doing a little ceremony, you know, I like pick an intention, I say some affirmations, I smudge the room, I, um, I usually do some movement whatever that looks like that day, um, exercise or yoga or, um, stretching or, um, journaling, reading, whatever feels right to me. It's my personal time and it's carved out of nearly every day, you know? And, um, at the same time, if I can't do that, that day, a certain day, cause I have something else planned, then giving myself grace to flow with what works removing shame around the expectations of ourselves is like, again, like as a recovering control freak, um, I used to should on myself a lot and reframing that to, uh, a mantra I've been working with is there are no rules. There are no rules to life. So we need to, uh, discipline is a beautiful thing. And also flexibility is we need to be able to flow with what we need and want each day. Um, you know, 
I'm going to, maybe I'm going to commit to 30 minutes of exercise. So that's what I did last week. Sometimes I'd like to do like a weekly commitment. Last week I was working on 30 minutes of exercise each day. Then I started my cycle, my menstrual cycle. And I didn't even think twice about canceling the 30 minutes of exercise because I'm busy being a fucking woman. I don't need to force myself to do the 30 minutes of exercise when I'm literally shedding like my divine power of goddessness over here. You know, we got to give ourselves grace to take the permission slip when needed and remove the shame around it at the same time. And shame is a powerful force. Again, if things are all a vibration, then shame is one of the last things, you know, that I want to carry around in this body. So here we are. How do you make friends? Yeah. So I make friends by going with the flow, following the trust and allowing them to arise. And um, again, coming back to that intuition piece, it's, that doesn't mean like every single person you meet, you have to vibe with and hang out with. Um, But like, there'll be some people that I meet or more so some people who push themselves onto me and right away I'm turned off and like, it's a bad, like it's a bad vibe. So my intuition is like, we're not engaging with this. Um, and I either walk away, tell them off or assert myself, whatever I got to do. Um, now other times it's super effortless and feels amazing. And I spend fucking nearly 12 hours with a human. In fact, Ricky and I are most likely going to meet up in another country here soon. And, um, cheers to lifelong friends, right? Like this is the people that I meet while traveling. I still am connected with all over the world. And we create these global network of human beings that we've connected with. And it's really just the most beautiful fucking thing. Um, so yeah, that's how I make friends. I'm also not attached to not making friends because like I said, I am an introverted person. Um, I definitely don't need people to have a good time. Um, so the other day I really wanted to try this cool cocktail bar, this craft cocktail bar and immediately hit it off with all the, pe- all the staff, just the friendliest, coolest staff ever. And, um, just shooting the shit with them and, you know, telling them what I like. They're making me cocktails. And then this other woman, she strolls up, Tiffany from New York. She strolls up and says that the bar looks like the funnest place to be. I'm like, girl, come through. And we connect now. We're homies. We went out the next night together. And now we're connected. So these are just fun little examples of you're truly never alone. If anything, like I said, if anything, sometimes I feel more, I feel, I feel less alone traveling than sometimes with our own community back home because people get people get familiar with each other and they, they get caught up in their day to day and like they're busy adulting, right? We all have shit we got to do. And you know, you, you love your friends and also not everyone can line up the schedules and all the things. So sometimes it's even more fulfilling when you're on the road. Okay. So Next question is, did that one, did that one, hardest part about solo travel? Okay. Hardest part. 
Hardest part about solo travel? Hmm. I don't know. I would say... I don't think it's hard, but I think it is nice when you're traveling with others that you get to split costs. Like, for example, if you... If you're going to a restaurant you really want to try and you have a friend with you, you can order a bunch of things and then split the bill. But when I'm traveling solo, I still get basically whatever I want. But I could get more of what I want if I had a friend with me. Um, similarly, um, you could probably get nicer, bigger, cooler um, places to stay if you have a friend with you and you can split the cost there. Um, and part hmm. hard what's hard what's hard about it I don't know I feel like it's nice because you you don't have to work around other people's schedules like eating schedules sleeping schedules you don't have to change your route or the things you want to do to accommodate others you um You're always doing what you want, so it doesn't really feel hard. Um, I don't know, carrying a heavy bag? <laughs> um, let's see, what's hard about travel? Um, I guess people, maybe people think that you're, you're like missing. Maybe, maybe we can talk about what, what I miss. What do you miss when you're traveling? Well, that's not about solo. But still, let's just go there. Um, what do I miss? I, as someone who is introverted and kind of like hermit vibes a lot of the time, I love to have my own space. I love to have my own bed. I love to have my own fucking room. I have like my own walls. I want to not be talked to for long parts of the day. <laughs> um, so... I guess if I couldn't have those things, like if I didn't have access to those things, if I didn't, like, if I was on a, a much smaller budget this time around and I had to only stay in hostels, that would be probably the hardest part is having to share all my spaces and my room. And because staying in a hostel means you're sharing a room with probably like three to 10 others, sometimes 12 in like bunk bed situations usually. Um, and so you have people snoring, you have people waking up, coming in and out of the room at different times, different hours of the day. So that's fucked. <laughs> and you're going to need like earplugs and eye masks and God, that is a terrible part about solo traveling. If you're in a hostel, um, hmm, what else? Um, I guess, I guess the difficulty is if you do want to chat with others, like specifically close people that you already know, because like I said, you can talk to anyone at any time. There's, there's constantly people all around you. Um, that you can befriend, but maybe there's moments where you specifically want to share with like a best friend or a loved one and you just wish they could be with you. That's, that could be hard. 
Um, it's not too hard for me specifically, um, because non-attachment, right? But, and I'm, (laughs) I'm, uh, stay very close contact with all my loved ones, um, through WhatsApp, which is an international texting calling app. And I stay connected almost every day with my loved ones. Um, I can FaceTime them. I can, I send pictures. So I'm, I'm so happy that to be traveling in this day and age, because honestly, when I was traveling, you know, eight years ago on my first backpacking trip, I didn't have access to SIM cards now because, or then, because SIM cards now, you can buy a SIM, if you just have an unlocked phone, you can buy a SIM card for like 10, 15 fucking dollars and talk unlimitedly on your phone. Like what the fuck? So and use your GPS and use, you know, social media. So you're always in constant contact with the world versus when I went eight years ago for my 90, 90 days backpacking Europe, the only way that I could use my phone was on Wi-Fi. So that was a completely different traveling experience. This is a breeze now. It's such a breeze now. Um, now I guess it is difficult when you run out of minutes or your SIM card expires, that becomes difficult, but of course you can always just go to a cafe, use the Wi-Fi, and figure out what you got to do next. Um, and also again with the day and age is things like Uber, things like, um, Airbnb, all these apps that make travel so simple in my opinion. Um, it's really all quite effortless and like reviews and, um, ratings. It's just, it's just a breeze. Um, oh, I know, I know something. Um, not having like facilities like a gym or, um, yoga or whatever you like to do at hand on hand, like, so that sucks. You know, it sucks to not have a routine. That would probably be this, the one thing I can name. Not being able to have a routine. And so that's circling back around why I really value um, honoring my, like, morning practices. Because instead of waking up and being like, I got to go see this and do that. It's like, hold the phone. Self-care first. Um, those other things will be there. And if I do have to get up early for something, I'll just rearrange the self-care to another t- part of the day. Um, so, Yeah. It does suck to not be able to just go to the gym, for example. And I I actually book places with the kitchen so that I can cook for myself if I want to. And so that's that also um, that provides me some routine because I'm someone who does love I love to cook. And um, it's nice to have, you know, drinks in the fridge and like things on hand where I um I'm in control of my hanger <laughs> and my hydration and shit like that. Alrighty, let's move on to the next one. Okay, so the next one. The next one is do you feel lonely or do you get lonely when you travel solo? And I I feel like I just answered that one with all the rest of the friend questions. Um so, yeah, no, I, I personally don't 
get lonely. And I think it's because we have access to these apps that allow us to talk to our loved ones. Um, I can meet people at any time just by walking outside and going to, going to do something that I love and trusting my intuition and um, being aware of my body and like the what, what, what my body is communicating to, towards me. Is this person a threat or is this person a friend, a friend or foe? And um, trusting that and using it as a guide and making these beautiful connections. So, no, I don't often get lonely, but it's, I think it is a typical, um, you know, hesitance that people have of why would I, because I, I definitely have people say when I'm meeting them, um, like it's, it's usually the locals, like if, I, if it's like a, um, a driver or um, someone from the hotel or whatever, and they're like, wow, you're just, you're out here on your own, huh? Now, first of all, circling back around to safety as a woman, yeah, we shouldn't just be out here um, projecting that out to the world that we're alone. So just want to clarify that that's, it's a safety practice to not be telling, especially men, but also women, who could have ill intentions that we're alone. You know, we need to be safe around that. But for me, if I am leaning into my intuition and my trust and I can feel that the person is safe, then I'll be like, yeah, of course I'm traveling solo. Why wouldn't I? And you can just see the um, surprise, but also the intrigue that they, that they get of like, damn, you're right. Like, that's cool, you know? And then I also say what I said to you guys, which is, well, I'm really never alone because I'm constantly meeting people just like you. And um, I definitely believe solo travel is the like, the medicine. Um, it, it just brings up a lot. And so like when you, when you have these questions of like, are, are you lonely or like things like this, it really helps us surface our own wounding and like things that we might need to offer more attention, attention to. And because here's the thing, like if you're lonely, if you're just a lonely, if you feel lonely when you're traveling, it's probably the case that you feel lonely at home too. And that you aren't um, comfy with spending time alone. I'm someone who's probably way too comfortable. <laughs> I'm overly comfortable with being alone, spending hours on end alone. Like, like it doesn't phase me. Um, so are you someone who's uncomfortable with being alone at home? Because then, yeah, probably you're going to feel uncomfortable being alone abroad. It's going to It's a, it's an internal sensation and it's going to travel with you. So if you're worried about feeling lonely abroad, um, Work on your loneliness at home. And, um, you know, to me, working on our loneliness is, is basically having the toughest conversation ever, which is the one with yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, what do I need to do to make you feel more seen? And typically that means self-care in whatever way that shows up for you. You know, like I, I mentioned before, for me, self-care looks like um, I used to be a very anxious person, so I like to eliminate things that bring me anxiety by approaching the day slowly and filling it with things that bring me joy and groundedness. But, you know, everybody's different, and we all have different things that bring us joy and peace, and I think that being okay with being alone starts by filling your alone time with doing things that bring you nourishment. So... Um, 
maybe make a list of the things that you love to do. What, like, let's say maybe you love to paint or maybe you make jewelry or maybe you mountain bike or maybe you swim or maybe you hike or ride BMX or um, maybe you write in a journal or you're a photographer or you video game or the just make a fucking list of literally anything and everything that makes you happy. And when you start to write the list, you can use that list as a place to pull from when you're bored or lonely. And just trust me in this, that when we, I have this ongoing list on my phone and now I actually have it written out. Well, it's not with me, so I use the one on my phone. But um, I'll write it out when I'm home and have a house on a whiteboard. At this point, I have so many of them that I've actually split them into categories categories of like mind, body, and soul. And actually, I have a category of service now as well. And I pull from them every day and just do... Now, these don't even have to be long things. It could be something as simple as lighting an incense. Um, but becoming familiar with the things that bring us happiness and then actively choosing to do them because not everyone has as happiness isn't accessible to everyone in the same ways. Like it's not just like our neutral sensation. Like that's not our neutral existence. It's happiness. Some people have to work harder at happiness and I'm one of those people. And I feel that like with everything, it's a practice. And over time now, I do those things on my list naturally without even having to think about them because they've now become a part of who I am. And that's the thing about discipline is, and, and discipline and daily practice is, it's so hard to stay committed to them because we're basically committing to changing ourselves over time, like to carve out this time in, in new practices, you know, our ego wants to cling to who we were, who we are now, because that's the identity. That's the ego. That's, that's, they don't want to change. And so when you say, I'm going to start doing this X, Y, Z, um, the ego's like, well, fears come up and they like projected into the mind and it was like, Oh really? Can you do that? Or, Oh, that seems really hard. Or, you know, we get into our heads about it because the ego is resisting change. But when we start to do something every day or at least a few times a week, then we're rewiring the brain. So start small is my advice. Just small things um, or things that don't take that much time. Or let's say you want to read a book. That's like one of the things on your list. Start by just making the goal one page a day. I swear to God, I know it sounds crazy. That's so small. But if you do one page a day, then it's going to inspire you to do two pages. And maybe by the next week, you want to do five pages. You see what I'm saying? And then next thing you know, you're reading 40 pages at a time. So start small, give yourself attainable goals so that you don't feel discouraged. And um, yeah, you owe yourself um, sovereignty and spaciousness to be happy with your alone time. Um, and then I'll tell you what, it also boosts the quality of your shared time because then you get so addicted to the quality of your alone time that you only want to share it with people who add to um, the joy and pleasure of that time and we have a, a lower tolerance for people who take away from it hmm okay so 
let me just double check we got all the solo questions out. Yeah, we did. So that's a wrap for this episode. And thanks for going on a wild ride of tangents with me. But of course, they're all interrelated. Um, and, and once again, also just want to say shout out if you want to have any of your questions um, featured on the pod, please send them my way. Um, you know where to find me, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, Apple Music Now. You can find me on Instagram at Mama Noli. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Wherever you want to find me, just do it. Send me questions and um, we'll fucking tackle them. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Ciao, darlings.